the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today, and hopefully this will start your week off really well. Because today we are going to talk about my most favorite of all topics. My most favorite thing in the world is to laugh. I love laughing. And the most amazing thing about laughter is you can laugh with a stranger. You can laugh with anybody. And it immediately can make you feel better. And so Psychiatric Times says this whole idea of laughter is the best medicine, that saying, comes from this guy in the 1300s. He's a professor of surgery, propagated post-operative therapy with humor. His name is Henry de, Henry de Mondeville. And so this, this guy, Norman Cousins, he's a journalist and a professor, also initiated this trend when he developed his own quote-unquote treatment based on mood elevation through laughter. Now, I use a lot of laughter in my sessions. I just, it's a great bonding agent, but more than anything, it just somehow makes life not quite so heavy. So I thought it might be fun if we did a whole show on laughter and jokes so that, you know, this has been a rough patch that we've been going through. This this last year has been really tough. So I want you to know the ancient Greeks, see, comedians go back, dated back to 425 B.C. And um, this, this guy named Aristophanes, he's a comic author and a playwright, and he wrote ancient comedic plays. He wrote 40 comedies, and 11 of which survive and are still being performed. So what I want you to understand about jokes, this is a really, really interesting phenomenon, is it's a display of humor 
in which words are used with a specific and well-defined narrative structure to make people laugh. And it's usually not meant to be taken seriously. So sometimes it takes the form of a story, usually with a dialogue, and it ends in a punchline. And it's in the punchline that the audience usually becomes aware that the story contains a second, maybe conflicting meaning. So this can be done at what, with using a pun or other wordplay such as irony or sarcasm. It's like a logical incompatibility. It's nonsense or, uh, you know, or any kind of other means. And so a joke is like a short, humorous piece of oral literature. And it's in which funniness culminates in the final sentence, and that's called the punchline. So the main condition is that the tension should reach its highest level at the very end. So that's just, this is why we say to people, hang in there with me. It's really funny, right? We want them to stay with us as we tell this story. And so the continuation, relieving the tension, right? There should be no continuation about relieving the tension. And so it's also an oral, and it's true that many jokes appear printed. But when further transferred, there's no obligation to reproduce the text verbatim. See, this is what's so fun about jokes. We get to do it in our own style. So we don't have to do it exactly the way the jokester wrote it. And so with poetry, you have to do it exactly the way the poet wrote it. But with jokes and satiric stories, we get to kind of embellish them. And so it's generally held that jokes benefit from brevity. So the longer the joke, the harder it is sometimes to keep people hanging in there. And if we have too many details, then it's tough. So when we have details enough that set the scene of the punchline, then it really comes to a great end. So let's talk about in the case of riddle jokes or one-liners. The setting is implicitly understood. See, leaving only the dialogue and the punchline to be verbalized. So this is where we get this idea of what really is a joke. And some of them are simply, they can be religious jokes. They can be jokes that you share because of gender. They can be jokes you share because you like a particular um, like in form of entertainment when it comes to sports or music or whatever it is. And and some of it, we know that some people like the, that comedy of slapstick. Now, I have to tell you the truth. I, I'm not a big slapstick person. I, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm a little too sensitive. I don't like to see people hurt. It doesn't make me laugh. Some of it can make me laugh. But you have to think about there's a style when it comes to comedy, and not everybody enjoys the same style. So this is where, when you look at, this was really fascinating when I researched this, that the West, West Car Papyrus dates back to 1600 B.C., and it's the example of some of the earliest surviving jokes. This is how far back this goes, 1600 B.C. So any joke documented from the past has been saved through happenstance, really, rather than by design. So jokes don't necessarily belong to refined culture, but rather to entertainment and leisure of all classes. And so this is where what we want to think about when it comes to jokes is there's different types of jokes, and they can be identified as ancient or pre-classical. And the oldest identified joke, again, is the Sumerian proverb, 
from 1900 BC, and it's containing, yes, get ready, toilet humor. Seriously? All the way back, 1900 BC, they're telling toilet humor. I mean, I I just thought that was fascinating. So this is what I want you to think about. The earliest extant joke book is the, I can't even say this, sometimes I do really well, Philogeus, and that's Greek for laughter lover. And it's a collection of like 265 jokes, and it's written in crude ancient Greek, and it dates back to the 4th or 5th century. So the author of the collection is pretty obscure, and they have a number of different authors that might be attributed to it. But this is why I want you to think about how powerful humor is, and it has been enduring since the beginning of time. And so laughter actually brings us closer together. And neuroscientists have been proving this. And so having the last laugh may be more important than you think. I mean, literally. See, new research is revealing that the physical act of laughing can actually elevate an individual's pain threshold. So whether you're rolling on the ground in stitches over the latest YouTube video with your friends or something, you know, or laughing nervously at your boss's attempt at humor, we all use laughter as a form of nonverbal communication on a daily basis. Now, certainly, it's verbal to get us to laugh. But the laughing is so contagious. And, And I know you know what I mean when I say, If you walk into a room and people are just laughing, you can't help but smile. And it's interesting. What are they laughing about? So we love to laugh. And see, laughter is what you can do with anybody. There's no stigma to it. You can laugh with a complete stranger. You can laugh with a child. You can laugh with the president of the United States. There's this famous picture of Boris Yeltsin and and Clinton having a joke, and they're laughing with one another. And so this is where you want to think about how interesting laughter and jokes are. And so think about when we talk about this whole idea of why laughter brings us closer together. What happens is that the the newest research reveals that the physical act of laughing, like I said, actually elevates your pain threshold. This is why animals are so helpful when we have people in hospital, when we have people that are struggling to heal, when we have all kinds of post-traumatic stress. We give animals. They're so many times so funny and so without guile. And so this whole idea of physical act of laughing, uh, this, this particular doctor, Robin Dunbar, he conducted a series of different types of instruments to determine the specific role of relaxed social laughter and what the effect it has on an individual's well-being. And what they found is the act of laughing releases endorphins into the brain that provide feelings of happiness and heightened sense of well-being. But its exact scientific and social benefits, that's pretty hard to determine. Mm. So endorphins are a class of the endogenous opiate peptides produced in the central nervous system. So this is part of a pain response. 
when when people have have really um, bad physical injuries, they get a rush of endorphins. When they're scared, they get a rush of endorphins. And so, this is what, so what's so nice about this is that we're getting endorphins not because of pain, we're getting endorphins because of a release of pleasure. And so, this is really important as we really understand why would God give us laughter. So what does laughter really do to the body? Well, laughter enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air. Now, we know how important it is to breathe. We've done shows about breathing. It stimulates your heart, your lungs, and muscles, and increases the endorphins that are released by your brain, which means you have new energy to take on more stress. And it activates and relieves your stress response. So it makes really stressful things much easier to deal with. So this is interesting. 15 minutes of laughing is equal to two hours of sleep. That's how good laughter is for you. 15 minutes of laughing will give you the same new uh, source of energy as if you went to sleep for two hours. So I like this. This is called Frog Pose um, Yoga. And it's a woman that did this whole thing on laughter being good medicine. And so these are really important things for us to learn about the human body, about the human mind, the heart, and the way God has created us. So join me again as we talk about laughter. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me. Make sure that you check out your favorite podcast server, and you can listen to the show on almost every podcast server that there is. So I really appreciate my assistants and how well they are in just keeping track of all this information that we are putting out. And so we're talking today about laughter. And why, why would God give us laughter? What would be the point of laughter? And, and what we really have found is that laughter decreases stress hormones, and it re- increases immune cells and infection-fighting antibodies, which helps you actually resist disease. So the happier people are, the more resistant to disease they are. See, laughter, like we said before, triggers a release of hormones. And this is the body's natural feel-good chemicals. And it really promotes an overall sense of well-being and and a temporary pain relief. So this is why we want people to laugh. And this is what slapstick humor is usually about, is that someone's getting hurt, but we're all laughing. And so this is really interesting. There's a time for everything. All right? You've heard that saying in the Bible, there's a time for everything. And in Genesis, Abraham and Sarah had a good chuckle when God told them they would be having a baby at 100. Now imagine that. Abraham and Sarah are thinking that God is making a joke. Now that really was fascinating to me when I thought about it. They thought God was joking. Like they had such a relationship with God that he said, hey, I just want you to know, by the way, you're going to be having a baby at 100, Sarah. She's never had one. She's going to have a baby at 100. And they just started laughing. And in Ecclesiastes, we learn that there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. So this is where it's really helpful to understand 
that this is this part of the intention we have of laughter in Psalms one twenty one verse one and two. It says, "I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth." And sometimes the help that we need more than anything is just a moment of relief, a moment of brevity. Time to be able to laugh at ourselves, laugh at somebody else, laugh at a situation, and recognize that we're all human. So laughter, I love this. This is from a woman named Kitty McDaniel. And she says, laughter is how we see and hear happiness. I like that. Laughter is how we see and hear happiness. Come make your joy visible and audible as we take a deeper look at God's sense of humor. That's what we see in that little passage with Sarah and Abraham. So laughter therapy is really huge and really helpful. And so like we said earlier, stress relief from laughter, well, that, that, that's not a joke. See, many times this is what the doctor really wants you to do is just lighten up, settle down, take some good oxygen in, and relax. So watch, watch TV, a funny, funny show. And, and I researched this and found out that the highest paid comedian and the most famous comedian, the most popular comedian, is Jerry Seinfeld. Now, I agree. I loved the Seinfeld show. I thought it was hilarious. And so that kind of stuff, if we will let ourselves just kind of embrace that, and indulge in laughter. That helps us get the feelings that drugs, alcohol, food, sex often give us. And there's no consequences for the laughing. So even though it doesn't cure everything, what it does do is cause you to be a more creative person, cause you to have more endurance, more integrity, causes you to have a better outlook on life. It gives you new energy to address maybe an ongoing problem. And so if you think about this, the short-term benefits, because it does really induce physical changes in your body, stimulates the organs, it enhances your ability to take in oxygen-rich air because you're more relaxed and the whole entire rib cage and lungs and pancreas and stomach, they're all relaxed. And so it activates and relieves stress responses. And it soothes tension. And it, sometimes a good joke, just a good comeback, relieves some tension. Now, the long-term side effects is it improves your immune system overall. It relieves pain, increases your personal satisfaction to your life, and it improves your mood. So when you improve your sense of humor, you improve your mood, your satisfaction of, in yourself and of life. See, when I talk to people that are really having a hard time accepting themselves and they don't like themselves, humor is one of the best ways for people to relax and not be so serious about who they think they should be and really understand that God knew what he was doing when he made them. And that God is very happy that he made all, all of us people. The only time he was sad was the flood. And so this is powerful to recognize 
that when we improve our mood, when we improve our sense of humor, then what happens? We feel better on, uh, immediately. And there's no weight gain. There's no addictive problems, right? <laughs> You're not going to get in trouble. Laughter is the universal bonding agent for all humans. And so it really is the best medicine. Now, you know how much I love animals. So I did a little research about animals and do animals have a sense of humor. And there is evidence suggests that all mammals have a funny bone. Now, you know if you've listened to this show, I talk a lot about humans being mammals and that we do have things in common with our animal friends and that mammals are, are quite fascinating creatures. So, so let's think about this whole idea that do animals have a sense of humor? And we're going to talk more about that in the next segment. I want you to, to really join in and know that when we talk about animals, that is my first love. Well, kind of, other than God. And so there is some real evidence that shows that animals have a sense of humor. We see this, obviously, in the way that they play. They love to play. But there is a distinctive issue about Animals having a sense of humor. And great apes, <laughs> they love to do rough and tumble play. And panting functions, this as, is a signal that the play is all good and fun and nobody's going to tear anybody apart. And so when you see big gorillas rolling around and tumbling and they're panting at one another, that's like a form of laughter for them. And they love to laugh as well. And so uh, this psychologist, Marina um, Davila-Ross of the University of Ports Portsmouth in the United Kingdom, she analyzed digital recordings of tickle-induced panting from chimps, gorillas, and orangutans, as well as human laughter, and found that the vocal similarities between the species match their evolutionary relationships. Chimps and bonobos are our closest relatives. And they boast the best laughter of all. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about animals and do they experience humor and do they play jokes? Welcome back. You're listening to Cynthia Hyatt, and this is Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. If you're just tuning in, make sure that you go to my website or to your favorite podcast server and download the show. This is a really fun one, and I had a really good time putting it together because one of my favorite things of all to do is laugh. And the most beautiful thing about laughter is no calories, right? No risk. And you can laugh with a stranger. And so this is why we look at animals and recognize that we are mammals and that non-human primates, this, this made me laugh. In fact, I told my husband this morning, I, I was laughing out loud. Non-human primates don't just laugh. There's evidence they can crack their own jokes. 
I mean, that re- that is so hilarious. So Coco, a gorilla in Woodside, California, she's learned more than 2,000 words and 1,000 American Sign Languages, right? That's sign language signs. She's been known to play with different meanings of the same word. So when she was asked, what can you think of that's hard? The gorilla signed rock and work. She also once tied her trainer's shoelaces together and signed Chase. Now that's hilarious. So what other members of the animal kingdom do they have, do have, have funny bones? Well, the emotional lives of animals. This was done by the author um, from Boulder, Colorado. He's a professor of ecology. And he believes that they do, that in fact... He thinks that we're on the cusp of discovering that many animals have a sense of humor, maybe even all mammals. And the idea that animals can appreciate comedy isn't as far-fetched as it sounds, considering some of the groundbreaking discoveries that he's been making. And so this is where we really can see that this idea of this similar sentiment-inspired psychologist, Jake Pank, Pink Sap. Some of these words, these last names are hard. To enter his lab um, at Bowling Green State University in Ohio one day in 1997. And he, he told an undergrad, let's go tickle some rats. Now, this, this is cracking me up. So the lab discovered that its rats would emit this unique ultrasonic chirp in the 50 kilohertz range when they were chasing one another and engaging in play fighting. So now the researchers wondered if they could prompt the chirping through tickling. And sure enough, when the researchers began poking at the bellies of the rats in their lab, their ultrasonic recording devices picked up the same 50 kilohertz sounds. So the rats were eagerly chasing their fingers for more. They would, they would come back to, the, to the, the trainers and say, please, please tickle me more. And so it cracks me up. You can see this on video, and it's really, really funny. And so this is where we understand that, wow, these are rodents. So what's going on with the rodents? Now, this is where it's important that we understand that there's one other aspect to laughter that I want to talk about before I tell you some jokes because anyone that knows me knows how much I love to tell jokes. So there is a really important aspect of laughter and that is being able to laugh at yourself. So laughing at yourself makes you healthier. So this this particular doctor, it's Dr. Bierman, he says that the study showed that people who laugh at themselves tend to be more prone to feeling good and worrying less. So people who worry less are less prone to chronic stress. Chronic stress cranks up the natural fight or flight hormonal system in our bodies. And that helps the idea of emotional and physical health issues, including headaches, heart disease, digestive issues, depression, so laughing at yourself is good for your heart, literally. They did some, some really extensive studies on this. And this is at the University of Maryland Medical Center in Baltimore, revealed that laughing, along with an active sense of humor, can protect against heart attack and prevent heart disease. So when we say laughter is the best medicine, we really mean it. 
So people with heart disease were 40% less likely to laugh in a variety of situations compared to the people of the same age without heart disease. So it also means you can handle life better. You're more resilient. And how about this? You manage pain better. Now that's what we talked about earlier on in the show, is that there's an endorphin release when you laugh. It also boosts your short-term memory. So science says that the more you laugh, the better you remember. And Loma Linda University researchers, they conducted this study and examined the stress levels and short-term memory of 20 healthy adults in their 60s and 70s. So they asked one group to sit in silence without any means of communication and let the other group watch funny videos. Wouldn't you know it? The humor group had a much higher improvement. So join me in the last segment where I'm going to actually tell you some of my favorite jokes. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm your host, Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me. And we are doing a really fun show today. We are talking about laughter. And laughter is the best medicine. And that we have science now to prove it. And the most fascinating thing I learned as I researched this is how much animals enjoy humor and play tricks. Now, I know you've seen your cat or your dog play And it's so fun to watch them play because it lifts our hearts as well. But think about the fact that this is part of the way God made us, that it is a natural defense mechanism that helps us, gives us an endorphin release that actually helps regenerate our body. So laughter and laughing with people is such a great bonding agent. And like I said earlier in the show, we can laugh with strangers Laughter gives us such a relief, and it lasts. We can think back to last week and laugh at the same thing. Once we were, And we can just pull it back into our memory and laugh all over again. And so this is why stress relief from laughter is so good for ailments. And it helps us truly to stay stronger and helps our immune system become more resilient. And so the long-term effects are really, really evident when we look at the effect that laughter has. Um, The one thing it made me laugh so hard when I read that non-human primates don't just laugh, and that Coco, that famous gorilla, she cracks her own jokes and plays jokes on her trainers. And that is really, that is really funny. So anyways, I'm going to tell you some of my favorite jokes. And I have this book from Mike Chamberlain. And if you're uh, anyone that has lived in Arizona for any length of time and in Phoenix, you remember he spent 35 years on, on TV as a news anchor, including 10 years with ESPN. And so Mike has been on our show before. And what he did was compiled an entire book, and he entitles it as God Has a Sense of Humor for Heaven's Sakes. And it's religious humor. And so it is really funny and really clever. And so I'm going to read you a couple of these because it really makes me laugh. And this one is just a funny one. And it says, you know, stop, drop and roll doesn't work in hell. (laughs) I mean, it's so stupid, but I loved it. 
And so let's think about this. So this is called all in a day's work. So this is God. He says, woo, I just created a 24-hour period of alternating light and darkness on the earth. An angel says, well, what are, you gonna, where, what are you going to do now? And God says, call it a day. <laughs> so how about this? I like these. These are part of Christian church humor. And this is Honest to God Church bulleted bloopers. And these crack me up. So the sermon this morning, Jesus walks on water. The sermon tonight, searching for Jesus. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. How about this one? The Low Self-Esteem Support Group will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. Now, this, this is hilarious because people do not realize what they're doing. So how about this? This is my favorite. The associate minister has unveiled the church's new tithing campaign slogan Sunday. It is, I upped my pledge, up yours. <laughs> you can't get anything better than that. So when we think about jokes and we think about what they do, they're really fun to share with people. And so I lots of times share jokes with me and my clients because it's helpful and it just relieves some tension. So how about this one? One Sunday morning, the priest noticed little Johnny staring up at a large plaque that hung in the foyer of the church. It was covered with names. And, a small, and small American flags were mounted on either side of it. So the seven-year-old had been staring at the plaque for some time. So the priest walked up, stood beside the boy, and said quietly, Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, Father, replied the young man, and still focused on the plaque. Father Scott, what is this? Little Johnny asked. Well, son, it's a memorial to all the men and women who died in the service. Soberly, they stood together for a few quick moments when Johnny's voice was barely audible when he asked, Which service, the 945 or the 1115? (laughs) I thought it was so cute. Now, how about this one? I like to tell people this one. So little Johnny, he has found the family Bible, and it's about 100 years old, and his grandmother and his mom are in the kitchen, and so he's thumbing through the Bible. And out drops a leaf. You know how in, you know, books we press flowers and petals and leaves and all kinds of things, right? So he yells to his mom. He says, Mommy, Mommy, I found something. And his mom said, well, bring it in. What is it? He says, no, I really found something. She says, well, bring it in and show me what you found. So he runs into the kitchen with the Bible and the leaf. And he says, I think I found Adam's underwear in the family Bible. (laughs) Now, please bear with me, because these are silly, but they're really fun. So how about this? This is how kids explain love at a restaurant. Just see if the man picks up the check. That's how you can tell if he's in love. How about that? Lovers will just be staring at each other, and the food gets cold. Other people care more about the food. Well, how about this? See if the man has lipstick on his face. I mean, these are just silly. Love is the most important thing in the world, but baseball is pretty good, too. That's Greg. He's age eight. So these are fun just to to listen to, just to share with people. And it doesn't matter whether or not 
anyone necessarily always thinks they're funny. They're just light-hearted. So how about this? My husband and I divorced over religious differences. He thought he was God, and I didn't. How about this? <laughs> God must love stupid people. He made so many of them. Being over the hill is better than being under it. Well, don't take life too seriously. No one gets out alive. Now, one of my favorite jokes that I tell people, my little niece told it to me. And this is how this joke goes. So there are three dogs, and they go to the dog bar. And they're sitting on the stools, and it is a Labrador retriever, a German shepherd, and a chihuahua. And they're all sitting at the bar, and they're looking at all the other girl dogs. So this really beautiful French poodle walks in just from the groomer. She walks past the dogs, and they all say, hmm, and they notice her. She notices that they notice her, and she says, if any of you can use the words liver and cheese in a sentence, you can go on a date with me. So immediately the Labrador retriever says, I love liver and cheese. And then the German shepherd, noticing that she didn't really respond well to that, he says, I love liver and cheese. So then the chihuahua says, leave her alone, she's mine. <laughs> now, my niece told me that she was nine, and it was so cute and so funny. So I want you to think about jokes, and I want you to collect them. And I want you to be able to share them with people, because they really do make life easier. And so this is why we want to use jokes on many times when it comes to family events, when it comes to any kind of gathering, you can use them at the office because everybody loves jokes, even if they're bad jokes. People like to listen to them. And so this helps us to recognize that this is why it's one of the bonding agents. And so this helps all of us to feel better about each other even if we don't necessarily like one another. We feel better about each other. So think about this idea that jokes really do bring us closer together. And this is what neuroscience tells us. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. And it's that the newest research reveals that physical act of laughing actually elevates the individual's pain threshold. So why would that be so important to know? Well, the whole reason that I'm doing this show today is because it's been so painful for all of us in the last year or two. With COVID coming on, with all the unrest we've had in our country and in our world, sometimes it's just helpful to say, you know what, let's take a break. Let's just share some jokes with one another. And so it really does help the pain threshold. And it gives us a new reset is what it does. And so this is why the more that we practice this, the more that we use this, it's a better form of bonding with, with our colleagues, with our friends, our family, our neighbors. It's a much better form of bonding than drinking together, right? Sometimes even better than eating together. Or how about just watching a movie together where there's no talking? So sharing jokes, sharing anecdotes, sharing funny things that have happened is such an innocent, fun way 
to elevate everyone's move, mood. See, the physical act of laughing is really, it's no joke. It, it, and Dr. Robin Dunbar, she conducted a series of in, uh, experiments about it and determined that the specific role of relaxed social laughter is a huge elevation to any individual's well-being. This is why when people go to a comedy show and everyone's laughing together, people always walk out feeling stronger, safer, more forgiving. They feel more motivated and more inspired just by this endorphin release and the functions that neurotransmitters play in our brain. So we get better delivery of all the neurotransmitic uh, transmitic action in our brain. And it helps us to think better. And all of a sudden we get a little bit more creative or a lot more creative. So the muscular exertions involved in laughing are actually what trigger the brain to release endorphins, suggesting it's not just an intellectual pleasure. It actually makes us feel better. And it's a healing agent with no side effects. So when we bring animals into hospitals, when we talk about emotional support animals, it really does have a positive effect on our whole entire system. And it helps us to recognize that we're not alone. And that we have this, this creature that is completely accepting of who we are, where we are, whatever we've done, and whatever moment we're having. And so I want you to take advantage of encouraging laughter in your interactions with people and learning to laugh at yourself so that you can be more flexible. And think about this terrible you know, saying that I've heard many times, you know, the drunk driver always survives the crash. And I say this to my clients. I say, listen, being relaxed helps you withstand a ton of emotional stress so that you don't brace yourself every time you get angry. So I hope that this has been helpful. I know these jokes were silly, but I enjoy talking about them anyways. And I hope you have a great week. And I want you to know that it's okay to laugh. And it's okay to laugh at yourself. And it's okay to lighten up. And just recognize that, you know, God has got all of this in the palm of his hand. He's got this. He's already made a plan. He's already got a purpose. And he's going to be with us every moment of every day. And we can relax and enjoy the world he gave us. So God bless you today. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. 
In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. <music> 